Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic White Pill episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, with me as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know and is as optimistic as one could possibly be on a White Pill Wednesday, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How you feeling today, my man? How are, you, how are you doing? Thank you for asking. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, as white, feeling really good. As white pilled as ever. We're going to pretend like we haven't been debating the people in our private Discord group for the last twenty five minutes, and and everything's going to be fine. You Did know? you record that? Uh, it was on video, yeah. So I guess we have audio recording of it. There you go. So it's on yeah. that recording. You can you can be part of these special things by going to joingml.com. As simple as that. Joingml.com. If you want to participate in these types of things, and it's just yeah. a, it's a behind the scenes look at um, how right we are. You know, <laughs> a lot of people have been going to joingml.com. What's we have to do after that is pay to get past the wall. So I've seen a lot of people pop in. You got to pay to get past that wall. Mm. Like some people have been doing. Not all of them, though. Okay, we do have wall fees for sure. Okay. Here we go. This is White Pill Wednesday. This is the day to week where we just talk about good things. We put a positive spin on the news. We found some of the only posi- <clears throat> positive news sources, which is Good News Network, uh, humanprogress.org. Um, there's a couple other ones out there, and maybe even a couple from the group. Who knows? One. There was one from the group. It's tough to find good stuff mm. these days, but we, we probably have a whole podcast episode here full of it so let's just get going i just wanted to make one oh god no i just want to make one point mm-hmm. on the previous discussion that so you could not do it the people listening would never know exactly and not, it would be well, fine that's because this is a cliffhanger yeah. yeah for the people who are listening and that aren't part of the group they're going to join the group so they can get the tea on what's happening okay i still don't know how to use I'm that just but gonna make one point here which is we restrict everyone except for me and you from the voice chat. Yeah, we do. Isn't that something? Yeah, in fact, you would have to change your body into Charlie's body for me to allow you to be in the voice chat. So we're the only ones on that one, except for the channel where we allow voice chat. Yeah, like we have restrictions. Yeah. And in fact, we required everyone to slave away doing some type of physical process for a certain amount of time to obtain the money to be able to even get past the wall. Physical or mental process. Whichever one it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number one, it's White Pill Wednesday, Charlie. That's the first thing. COVID is now. It's first off, it's over. We all know COVID's Mm -hmm. over. 
uh, unless this whole war thing slows down. Uh, they're trying to bring it back. But we're going to talk about why it doesn't need to be brought back. And even you know some people in the UK over here, it was Financial Times, saying COVID is now less deadly than the flu in England mm. as mask requirements end. It's now. It's now less deadly. Now less deadly. The, the COVID virus, as I've never seen it put like that before, but I guess that's how they do it across the pond, has gradually become less lethal over the two years <clears throat> since the pandemic began. So much so... The now seasonal flu is currently more deadly in England, according to analysis from the Financial Times. Quote, for every 100,000 Omicron infections, 35 will result in death, while the equivalent number of flu infections will lead to 40 deaths. So they have made it below that number right there. They point to the high degree of immune protection from either vaccinations or previous infections as being the main reason for the recent parity with the flu. Reported hospitalization rates in England are on the rise this month, but that can be misleading because, quote, more than 40% of COVID patients in England's hospitals are being treated primarily for something else, and they incidentally tested positive upon admission. I'm going to attach one more thing onto this. If you watch the video later on YouTube, I don't know if we said anything that could make it to where this couldn't be on YouTube. Are you allowed to say COVID on YouTube? COVID? Can you still say that? I think so. I mean, we'll this, see. This is a, I don't. This is a reputable art, article. So here is a chart, and there are lines, and this line has gone below another line. The the one line being the rate of flu deaths. This bottom line down here, that's the bottom line, and this red <laughs> line has now gone below that. Just in case you're wondering what what we just said would look like if it were illustrated in a chart which you can see on our YouTube link in the show notes. Let me, let me add a little, a little color to this one right here. The CDC quietly updates data on child COVID deaths and a lot of other deaths. We talked about this whole COVID net thing and the fact that they are starting to change some of the data. They put out a report talking about that. The CDC has quietly changed its data representing the number of children who died from COVID last fall. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky announced the government agency would reevaluate how virus deaths are counted and differentiate between individuals who died from the disease versus those who died with with the disease. Now, that's something that we would get banned for talking about. But now that the CDC mm -hmm. is coming out and saying, hey, we're going to revise these things. And before, we weren't saying that, okay, well, this is the real death number or something. We were just asking the question, okay, how many died from it versus those who just had it? and died in a car accident. Like, let's just count the data accurately. I don't care if we report both numbers and you want to use one of them versus the other, just report both of them. Yeah. So people can just look at it and say, look at that. Look at this. Well, there's a few things on this chart that we have. First off, the total. Now, there's some differences here. There's the actual COVID data, data tracker that you normally see from the CDC. There's also the NCHS, which is the National Center for Health Statistics, which on its website said it has a mission that provides stats and data that can guide public policies and actions. Its goal is to improve the health of Americans. It is the United States Principal Health Statistics Agency. This is underneath the CDC and the uh, NIH that they go to. So there's a, the reason I mention that is because there's a pretty big uh, difference between their numbers. Just to, look, uh, just to look at this and say, look at that. So on 315, the COVID data tracker said 1,755 kids age 0 to 17 had died. Now it's down to 1339. NCHS now says 921. All right, so there's a little bit of a difference right there. 
And they have revised the CDC's official number from 852,000 down to 779,921 after doing this. Why is this a white pill? Because they're starting to do this. Is this all of it? No, they're not going to do it all at one time. They're going to do it just a little bit at a time, spaced out a few months at a time. As the deaths do continue to add on, they will reduce the deaths a little bit, kind of like a diluting your shares as a company is what I was immediately thinking. As it goes up, you start diluting your shares, and it's kind of holding down the actual price afterwards. Uh, so that's that's what they're going to do as this ticks up again. After it ticks up another hundred thousand, they'll reduce it by sixty or seventy again, and they'll just keep doing that every few months. But they're going to start to do it now. Years from now, when they finally updated all of the data, we'll still be left with a with a really big number because it's been going on for like six or seven years. And apparently, for this, we use a running total since the beginning of one specific. Uh, pandemic, I guess. We don't use a running total for the flu or anything mm-hmm. since a specific date, but whatever. White Pill Wednesday. Um, anyway, the white pill on this well, is that they're starting to they, do it. It's because they think 100 years from now, people will look back and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, all the data is accurate. What are you talking about? These people who are calling you out for all this stuff, I mean, that's not true. And if it wasn't for people, if it wasn't for this information age where we're able to record things and, uh, you know, dig up all the dirt, so to speak, and actually screenshot and take all of this stuff into account um, that they would be able to rewrite the history in essence to be like, okay, this was a perfect response and look at the data is correct and all this stuff. And they're not, they're not going to come out and tell you that, Hey, you know, we, they're not going to come out and say, Hey, we were wrong. No, they're just going to quietly push out the data, but Hey, at least the data is being updated. By the and way, that, the only, that ex- is important. The only excuse for this was that they changed it due to a coding error in the data. Mm. The error was that they coded some deaths as COVID when they weren't COVID. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It was a coding error. Mm. That's what it was. Like some deaths had uh, COVID coded mm-hmm. in their file. Anyway. All right. Next up is from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. We what do a, appreciate it, Ben. What a classy guy. Um, now, I noticed this today, by the way. I don't know if you have gotten gas in a while. But I filled up, well, I attempted to fill up my truck this morning. I filled up last night before I drove to Paducah. And what do you know? It was three ninety nine. I saw a three. I paid three ninety seven. Ooh, got me beat. Mm-hmm. All right, well, six liberal governors asked lawmakers to suspend federal gas tax. What about their state gas tax? That's a good question. <laughs> that will be included in the article. Six liberal governors are calling on congressional lawmakers to suspend the federal gas tax of 18.3 cents to ease the burden of soaring prices on Americans. The governors are Jared Polis of Colorado, Karen Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, Michelle Grisham of New Mexico, Tim Waltz of Minnesota, Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania, and Tony Evers of Wisconsin. Quote, at a time when people are directly impacted by rising prices on everyday goods, a federal gas tax holiday is a tool in the toolbox to reduce costs for Americans, and we urge you to give every consideration to this proposed legislation. Those six governors have not taken action to reduce the tax burden on their residents. Pennsylvania has 57.6 cents per gallon, the highest state gas tax in the U.S. That is a, that's a big tax right there. 
Wisconsin is 30.9 cents, Minnesota 28.5 cents, Michigan's 27.2, Colorado 22, and New Mexico 17 cents per gallon. Meanwhile, two states have moved ahead with their own tax relief. Maryland and Georgia both signed legislation on Friday to suspend the state-level tax on gas. The Maryland law suspends the state's gas tax for 30 days, while Georgia uh, suspends the tax through May 31st. So. (laughs) There you have it, folks. Now, one uh, it's a gas tax holiday, isn't it? Isn't it crazy when they when they start to admit that taxes are a, a price that we pay on things? What I hope is that people will realize that. Now, what they should do, which they're not going to do, they're they're temporarily suspending the tax right now, and it's going to kick back in. Now, notice when they get a. Emergency powers or something that expire on a certain date, they'll keep just renewing those emergency powers, you know. But this temporary suspension of the gas tax, I guarantee you it's not going to go past the date that they have. It's going to kick right back in. Okay, what they should do is actually get rid of it and then have to reenact it whenever it's time because then they have to be voting to put the tax back on. Instead, they're setting this time that it's going to just pop back into place afterwards. Oh, we can't help it. That's what we did. We spent until this time, you know, it just came right on back. Instead of having them actually go vote to reinstate a gas tax on people that way. But anyway, I I don't know if this is actually going to happen on the federal level because the federal government, um, I heard they have a little bit of a funding, uh, like a fundalation problem that they're going through right now. And so I don't know if that's going to happen. And if we do this, we'll probably have to close uh, all the fire departments and police departments probably. They kind of so, need their 18 cents yeah, <laughs> per gallon. They need it. It is kind of funny, though, that these states that have higher taxes than the federal government does, they're not taking away their Mm-mm. taxes. No. I don't know. It would be cool if they did do this, save everyone a little bit of money, and also show everyone that that tax does cost you something. Yeah. That would be nice. Next thing. That's the thing that I enjoy, like in Tennessee, when we have our tax-free weekends, mm-hmm. stimulus. It should just showing that the the burden that taxes place places on people, especially poor people, you know, like I mean that that just goes to show you what taxes actually do. It's a burden that you get no benefit for. Yeah, and they said earlier in the article, they said at a time when people are directly impacted by rising prices on everyday goods, the federal gas tax holiday. Is there a time where people aren't impacted by uh, prices on everyday goods, you know, right. no matter what they are? Like, oh, uh, you know, it's okay for us to tack on an extra. 70, 80 cents, you know, that's totally fine. Most of the time. Anyway, that wasn't white pill of me. Let's go into the next thing. Now, the next one, we should have done the first two together, actually. I have a hard time with this being a white pill, but there's some stuff in here that's good. New York City plans to end its school mask mandate for children under five. Now, that's a good thing. It's something. But we shouldn't be at a point where... This is a, a a white pill that we have to look for. Like, oh, look, we're going to ratchet it back to March of 2020 or February of 2020. Not even that far, actually. They're not even going to take it back that far. Those will be some restrictions for sure. But anyway, New York City plans to end the school mask mandate for children under the age of five on April 4th. Mayor Eric Adams announced on Tuesday... Adams has been under pressure from some parents to let young children attend schools without masks as the number of COVID cases has dropped in the city. A mask mandate for older students in kindergarten through 12th grades was eliminated earlier this month. Quote, we want to see our babies' faces, Mr. Adams said 
at a news conference at City Hall. Hasn't that been what uh, a lot of people have been if saying? If it just weren't for this terrible, tyrannical coronavirus out there, fi- please let us see our babies' faces. Show us your face! We want to see your face! <laughs> Mr. Adams, who has made a return to normalcy a top priority for his, for his city, has said that he wanted to wait to remove the mask rule for children under five until city officials monitor the impact of eliminating one for older students. He said he was concerned about higher hospitalization rates for younger children during the re- recent Omicron surge in New York. Now, one reason we had to put this in here was because we just went through that COVID net data. We just talked about some of the other data that they changed, and I pulled some of the receipts on New York's site, which it seems is still reporting a little bit higher number. But he's talking about ages 0 to 5. They're trying to see what the impacts are going to be. From ages 0 to 9, they have a total of 30 deaths reported on the New York State Department of Health's website for ages 0 to 9 from COVID. Six of those kids had severe enough comorbidities that they mentioned in another thing right there. But 30, 0 to 9. Let's just say you cut that in half. Maybe it's 15, something like that. And... That's what he's, uh, I mean, that's bad. I don't like it when kids die. I'm against it. I'm strongly and proudly against children dying. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you I could look up about 20 other things that kill way more kids than what COVID does pretty easily. Sounds like you're just a child murderer. Yeah. Those are child murderers. I don't care about the, I don't care about the children. Mm -hmm. That's actually what it is. Yeah, that's fine. But hey, they're going to relax it. That's cool. Um, Let's talk about some tyrannical, evil capitalists real quick, just terrible, awful people that we need to regulate the hell out of real this is, fast. This is really cool. Now, this is a requirement for White Pill Wednesday, by the way. Yeah, that Elon Musk has to be a one, Elon, one Tesla or SpaceX or Elon Musk-related article must be mentioned on White Pill Wednesday. Okay. It just has to happen. This from CNN, the no good for tricksters. <laughs> no good for nothing. Tricksters, CNN, fake news. <laughs> um, but this is a good article from them. So SpaceX will now launch satellites for top space broadband competitor, OneWeb. Competitor. Mm. So SpaceX has a new deal to launch internet beaming satellites for its chief competitor in the satellite business, British company OneWeb. That somewhat awkward pairing announced by OneWeb on Monday comes after Russia's invasion of Ukraine effectively brought a halt to Russian launches of commercial Western satellites. The New Deal puts SpaceX, the world's most prolific commercial launch provider, in the unique position of launching satellites that could compete with its own Starlink satellites in the space-based internet business. The first SpaceX launch of OneWeb satellites is now slated for this year. OneWeb said in its announcement that it is that its constellation of internet satellites stands at 428 satellites, or about 66% of the total that the company will need to provide continuous coverage to places on the ground. How cool is that? I think it's pretty cool. I I do. But you, he could have been like, no, build your own rockets. Yeah. But he's like, no. I, I My goal is for everybody to have internet. We could have had this really awesome monopoly story about this business that we needed to regulate through some kind of antitrust regulation or something like that because they became the only provider of this brand new technology that they're able to put things up there. And so we had to force them to do it or something like that. But instead, seems like, I don't know, seems like Musk or SpaceX or whoever's pulling the strings over there, pretty good uh, free and open people. 
mm-hmm. as far as free and open people that are billionaires come, you know, I'm just saying towards the top of the list. That's pretty cool. You know, that it's, I mean, it's just going to make everyone richer. The more access you can have to information and data, just, it's just going to get richer. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I think, love it. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Now, obviously the company is going to pay for them to do this. And uh, OneWeb, now they're competing, but they're going to be competing in the area where OneWeb is trying to cover. I don't think they're trying to do the entire world. They're probably going to do a certain line, right? Because they're only doing, well, what's it going to be? Something like 700 satellites up there. Starlink has 2,000 up there right now, and they're trying to do like ten or 15,000, something crazy like that to cover the whole world. So they're competitors, but, you know, not as close as you think. But yeah. Yeah, thank you, Russia, for giving us this sweet story, sweet, sweet story about capitalism. That's great. Free market capitalism and people who are in the position to either do the right or the wrong thing, doing the right thing. That's good. Here's one other pretty cool thing. Now, this is uh, talking about the climate crisis, but I do like it when less people die overall. And even if it's not for the climate crisis, this new survey from the uh, British Geological Survey. It's got some good news for people uh, that are listening from Africa right now. Hidden groundwater could save Africa from climate crisis. From the telegraph.co.uk, the UK telegraph, most countries in Africa could survive at least five years of drought and some could survive more than 50 years if the continent's groundwater reserves were tapped into, according to new mapping by the British Geological Survey. If extracted with simple tools like boreholes and pumps, the groundwater could be the world's insurance policy against climate change, Mm. the researcher said. Or if that doesn't happen, it's also good that there's plenty of water down there. That's That's how they got money for their research, though. Exactly. Climate change. Yeah. Tim Wainwright, chief exec over at WaterAid in the UK. That sounds uh, less tasty than Gatorade, but whatever. (laughs) Quote, our findings debunk the myth that Africa is running out of water. But the tragedy is that millions of people on the continent still do not have enough clean water to drink. The really cool part about this is that eventually with new technologies, we had the same thing when, they, when people used to say we were running out of oil. You know, the world's going to be out of oil. This is how much oil we have left. First off, that's how much oil we have left at the specific price. There's a lot more oil if the price goes up and it becomes economically viable to drill mm-hmm. for that. Also, the technology to be able to find it, new technology to be able to bring stuff out that you weren't able to count at that time. So humans adapt and we innovate and we find new ways to do things. And maybe it's not quite as terrible as we think it is at this time. Quote, there are vast reserves of water right under people's feet, many of which are replenished every year by rainfall and other surface water, but they can't access it because services are chronically underfunded. Also, because they need their own economies to pop up and create value and fund things. You could mm-hmm. work on that as a way to fund stuff. But tapping in the groundwater would ensure millions have access to safe, clean water, no matter what the climate crisis throws at them. Now, what's interesting about this is this is also counted and how many people are going to die as the earth begins to continues to warm and we have more and more droughts. They're counting millions of people in Africa that are going to die from the climate crisis. This person's saying, actually, that's not true. That's what they're saying. Mm. Every country south of the Sahara could supply 130 liters of drinking water per capita per day from groundwater, which would provide people with enough to drink, cook, and wash with. Seems like a lot of water. I don't know. Mm. That's quite a bit. So, all right, let's run on to something else real quick. I thought it was cool. Oh, I had some maps, by the way. Perhaps they haven't... um 
you know, they, they weren't as advanced as like some of the other cultures. Um, like, uh, I remember when I went to Peru to see the Incas, I mean, they had like under the city, they had these running water. They didn't have pipes, but they created these troughs where they would find water and they would run throughout the whole city, literally. And so people had access to clean, it, it was clean cause it was constantly running through the troughs. And so it kept it clean and they would build these. And they didn't around. dump their waste upstream into the trough or exactly. anything. Yeah. Yes. And so perhaps they just, you know, didn't figure that out until now because they didn't know there was water under there. Yeah. So yeah. This here on this map, if you're looking on the YouTubes or something like that, another uh, tyrannical company, by the way, um, that we're going to be posting our stuff on. Um, this is the, these are the company's portion, population using at least basic drinking water services. The blue ones are the ones that are pretty good. And then it starts to get pretty bad after that, once it gets into orange and red down there. And this is the amount that uh, could be using those drinking water services based on the groundwater that they have. So if you're unfortunately listening in Uganda or Rwanda or Burundi, uh, you're uh, still screwed. You might want to go somewhere else uh, that's got more drinking water once the planet gets warmer and warmer. But anyway, White Pill Wednesday. Everyone else in Africa is fine. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fine. Just, yeah. Just start digging. Use your hands, whatever it takes. All right. This is from uh, Bloomberg. It's Michael. Yeah. Big Gus guy. is asking why this is novel news. It's novel news because they're going to take all of your money to put it towards climate change stuff to save millions of people's lives. And if we can put forward the, uh, the idea that they're highly miscalculating those numbers of lives and a lot of people aren't going to die because there's water there then that's a tool to use to fight against people when they tell you how many people are about to die, so you better fork over all of your damn money to put it towards climate change stuff. That's why it's novel news. And it's good that people aren't dying. Yeah. People need water. All right, from Bloomberg, tech billionaires rally around nuclear as energy crisis looms. So in the recent weeks, some of Silicon Valley's most famous technologists have hailed nuclear power as a solution to both cutting carbon emissions and waning the world off Russian gas. We've known this for a while. We talked hey. a lot about nuclear and, and uh, what geothermal, I think, last week. So mm-hmm. a lot of new, a lot of other forms of energy out there. It's weird how the market just responds. Mm. Billionaire entrepreneur Elon Musk wrote on Twitter. We, he's in here twice. I, I was actually going to remove him from this yeah. article, but... I was like, oh, whatever, we'll he leave it in here. wrote on Twitter that nuclear is critical to national security while the risk of radiation is overplayed. And venture capitalist Mark Andreessen called for 1,000 new state-of-the-art nuclear plants in the U.S. and Europe right now. Right now. Some believe that the combination of tech advances and a new urgency around ditching fossil fuels could be a catalyst for the sector, which has mostly languished in regulatory purgatory regulatory purgatory <laughs> since the 1970s. It sounds like a rap. I do like that they're regulatory putting in here purgatory. that basically just regulations have killed the nuclear in- industry over the mm-hmm. last 50 years. Yes. So uh, maybe people are going to change that a little bit. Last year, venture investors plowed a record $3.4 billion <laughs> into nuclear startups. <laughs> you take this money right now. <laughs> I'm going to sow it. In your garden. More than uh, more than in every year over the past decade combined, 
It's weird how some of these connected people saw the writing on the walls and, mm. and the mirrors. Way beforehand. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the previous decade, there was an average of fewer than 10 deals a year. Last year, the number jumped to 28. Like solar, nuclear power has no carbon emissions. Unlike solar, it can reliably produce energy 24 hours a day. It's also a path toward energy independence. The war in Ukraine drove gas prices in the U.S. to an all-time high earlier this month. Not just the war, by the way. <laughs> it wasn't just the war. <laughs> yeah, we have to... Got to make sure. Pill, so I was just I was throwing in a disclaimer on here. We're not saying that. Um, listen, we could provide a lot of energy using the resources that we're using right now, given that being allowed to be a fairly free. I'm, you know, as a black pill inside of Charlie's white pill, I'm confident the government can screw this up even worse than they already have. Oh, okay? yeah. it's not that it's just going to solve everything. They'll find a way to to make it not work, I'm sure. Well, and they say but, this right here. It says while building more nuclear reactors won't alleviate the current pain. Even the new smaller designs will take years to license and build. That's the problem. It's the licensing part. Supporters say it could heat uh, heat off the next crisis. It actually will help a little bit with the current pain because if people saw that the regular a regulatory shift in nuclear and a lot more investment going into that, then they would know that there's another competitor in the market, and they would that would adjust the prices down some. And to one, try and slow down the competition, and two, they're not going to be able to get as much for it as they're able to. They might try and spike it up and get it as much as they can for the next ten or fifteen years before everything is nuclear. Or so they can put their reserves in nuclear. Yeah, so they can take that money and put it over in the nuclear. But it's um, there are solutions out there. We talk a lot of climate change stuff on here because I think we said this a few months ago. I I think the I think climate change will end up being a bigger burden and hinder to your individual liberty than even COVID has been. And because everything is going to be controlled by whether or not you are uh, putting more greenhouse emissions. We just talked about the SEC article yesterday, making all the companies label that way investors can know whether or not they're going to put it and that way people can know what investors are putting their money into that so they can then target those investors and take money away from those people i do think that the push to stop climate change or whatever it is is actually going to be worse than what's happened with covid and so we've got to make sure we highlight all of these alternatives to what the government is presenting as the only solutions to the problem and the good part about this is that there's a lot of people with billions of dollars putting money into nuclear right now, creating innovations, creating new technologies, making these things more efficient uh, than they already are. Even developing ones that run off nuclear waste, mm -hmm. which is awesome. The evil, the evil, evil Bill Gates creating things that uh, can run off of nuclear waste. So don't, don't, don't let them get to that. Come on. There's going to be microchips in it. <laughs> All right, next thing, last thing right here. Microchips one, and, and nuclear power. One from the group, Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb signs law eliminating need for permit to carry handguns in public. Amen. I think we've done this like three, four white pills mm. in a row, pretty sure. Mm. They're just this, falling like dominoes right now, man. This is getting good. That's pretty good. Permits will soon no longer be required for people to carry handguns in public in Indiana. The governor signed legislation repealing a law that requires people to obtain a license to carry a handgun in public, saying he trusts Hoosiers to lawfully and responsibly 
carry a gun. Not just the basketball team. Yeah. The whole state, <laughs> by the way. The permit repeal called... Wouldn't it be funny if it was just for the basketball team? Yeah. I just think, you know, the basketball team has shown and proven themselves that they can carry yeah. guns to the games. Here's a here's an interesting... You know that don't say gay bill thing? Yeah. What do they say when they mention it in an article? Uh, what opponents call the don't say gay. Yeah. And so every article title has what in it? Opponents. It's don't say gay. Oh, yeah. In every article title. Does this article title say, uh, is from CBS News, say constitutional carry passed in Indiana? No. But they do mention the permit repeal called constitutional carry by gun rights supporters mm. in reference to the Second Amendment was criticized by major law enforcement. I'm just wondering why they're not choosing to put constitutional carry passed in Indiana. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, they wouldn't want to do that. And of course, they always mention these law enforcement groups who oppose this kind of That same thing. one last week did the same, same thing. Same thing. Uh, th this was criticized by major law enforcement groups who argued eliminating the permit system would be in line with the Constitution. No, they said that it would endanger officers by stripping them of a screening tool for quickly identifying dangerous people who shouldn't have guns. As if the dangerous people care about whether they have a permit or not. Now, we're always... We're, you know, we are respectful to law enforcement officers on this, that deserve respect on the, on this podcast. We'll just say it that way. Mm -hmm. But I get my, my, my blood gets a little bit boiling when we get some of these, uh, back to blue type people or the people that are running some of these departments that come out and say, you know what? The constitution is just too freaking dangerous, man. We just can't do it. I know that I'm supposed to protect and uphold that and protect your rights, but actually there's some of those that I need to have the right to take away from you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we got to do. It just bothers me a little bit. White Pill Wednesday, sorry. Just pushes you in the wrong place. Here's a good thing. 21 other states making this number 22 already allow residents to carry handguns without a permit. As, uh, let's see, Ohio's Republican governor signed a similar bill last week. That's the one that we talked about. The Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter said after the vote that approval of the measure does not support law enforcement. Period. Period. <laughs> How? How does it not? <laughs> it's important to note that if a person is prohibited under federal or state laws from possessing a firearm before this law goes into effect, that person will still be prohibited. And that raises an interesting question in my mind, which is... If you're still prohibited under federal or state laws from what, possessing the firearm. What does a permit do? Well, my question is, how do they ever know that you are or are not prohibited from doing that? That's an argument there for the permit, because that's what it would tell you is that you're not prohibited by the state. I'm just wondering, like, why they still what they're going to do to see whether or not you're still allowed by the state to carry a weapon. Uh, what do you do in that case? This happens all... Well, you can see by their record. This happens all the time. In fact, yeah. there was one time I went to jail. We don't have to talk about why. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was taken to like this um, holding bus, actually. And I just so happened to be next to um, this other people that got arrested. And one of them was a felon. And he um, talked about how they found a gun in his car. And he's not supposed to have one. So they know, like they know who's supposed to and who's not. And so he was getting in a lot of trouble for that. So mm. anyway. Well, at that time, do we still have permits in Tennessee? Maybe? Uh, yes. But 
I don't think it matters. Yeah. So. I'm just wondering how they can pull that up so quickly in their computer system, but sometimes it takes days and days, like when you go to purchase one somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's weird to me. I don't know what kind of system they're going to put in place. I need to go pick up my raffle rifle. Listen, yeah, you do need to get that thing. Mm -hmm. Listen, here's the deal. We said this last week and the week before that. Um, First off, you have the right to defend yourself as a human being. The Constitution says that they are going to make sure the government does not take that right away from you. And I, I fail to find, we could talk about it, but almost all gun laws are constitutional, if not all of them. I'll just say that. Maybe all of them, to me, are unconstitutional. Oh, unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. They were constitutional. I might have said constitutional. Unconstitutional. Okay. Almost all gun laws, if That's not all I of them, looking at you are unconstitutional. Even if you say someone's a felon, why are they on the street? Because they paid their dues. They did their time. They did what they had to do. Are they, are they or are they not a member of society now? If they're too mm-hmm. dangerous to be in society, then why did you let them out? Okay, you let them out because they can be in society. Are you going to guarantee me that person isn't going to find a gun anywhere? Or make one? They have to go somewhere and find one or make one? Buy one somewhere? No. It's this false sense of security that you're giving people. If you want to find one, you can get one. I got three guns in my house. None of them were bought at the gun store by me. Just say it that way. The only guns I have, I got or three used guns. Used to, used to have them. In my old, in my old house, actually, I mm-hmm. forgot them when I moved. That's right. Damn it, forgot, forgot them when I moved. Uh, but yeah. didn't buy any of them. I'm going to pick up my first gun that I won in a raffle, and probably it's so dangerous, I'll probably sell it. Well, it's replacing some of the ones that you had lost. Well, yeah, in that boating accident. But then I don't want to have it because it's so dangerous. Yeah, that thing's got a thirty-round clip on it. <sighs> So with no level. It's got a 30-bullet clip in it? 30-bullet. 30, bullet. <laughs> 30 hum, human flesh ravishing yeah. bullets. Just rain hate fire. And it, I, I think it shoots the whole clip in under a second. I was, yeah. They timed it and for I, us when you did the raffle. You and said, I won it in a raffle. Mm-hmm. The raffle loophole. The raffle loophole. Uh-huh. So this thing's so dangerous. The Libertarian Convention loophole. Mm-hmm. That's uh, written into most of our finer states. Now, it's well, unfortunate. This guy, he was like, hey, you know, let me know what FFL dealer you want me to send it to. And I was like, what happened to the loophole? <laughs> I got to send it to a, a federal firearms licensed dealer mm. to pay him a fee to run a background check on me? I didn't get one of those loophole specials? Apparently not. Oh, how Apparently about that? Not. You should have gone to a gun show and done a, ri- a raffle there, mm-hmm. a, r- a rifle raffle. Okay, let's go. I got to go to the doctor. It, it does have a weapon of war red dot scope, so that's pretty cool, mm. too. It comes with it. It's pretty awesome. All right, y'all, yeah. if you enjoyed today's show, then please hit that subscribe or follow button on Spotify. Share the show with a friend, a colleague, a roommate, your aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, and the children. And all of your other ancestors, and somehow. All of them. Yeah. Send, it, send this to heaven. Mm-hmm. let them know that they need to hear about what's going on on earth with, with liberty from the grave from the grave at least in their best uh leave a rating and review if you feel so obliged and i hope that you do and uh, five stars please uh, that's what we like around here we only like five star recruits five star cheeseburgers and five star reviews we'll do two star hotels <laughs> two star hotels that's but that's yeah. yeah everything else is five stars So make sure you do all that. And if you do, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.